Hi, I'm Adam McKay, and welcome to Bedtime Stories with Adam McKay, the show where we improvise a bedtime story to hopefully help you ease into a wonderful night of sleep during these crazy, bonkers times that we're living through. Harry, you know what I did today? What's that, Adam? Well, you have to know about me first off. I'm not a big, like, astrology, psychic kind of guy. I tend to be a little cynical about that stuff, although not as much anymore when I was younger, for sure. Nowadays, I just feel like whatever works for you, do it. But anyway... A friend of mine recommended this energy kind of healer empath from Ecuador. By the way, do you know what the capital of Ecuador is? Absolutely not. It's Quito. She lives in Quito. Okay. And she would... I, I. trust this friend and uh she was telling me like this woman's incredible and i did a session and you know what effing incredible really oh my god what so what did it look like like what happened so her whole thing is she's an empath i don't know what you call what she does to say energy healer isn't quite right she kind of connects with you it's sort of guided meditation Um, and it was a lot of like deep breathing and, uh, getting your energy and your heart and lowering your body and connecting with like the earth and the sky. And you know what? If you told me that I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. But it was awesome. Wow. Well, I'm glad you glad it worked. That's yeah, not- yeah. I know it probably doesn't translate well to me saying it out loud. I'm sure people are like, oh, you know, Hollywood weirdo. But it was, I mean, I think there's something to be said for just a lot of deep breaths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like feeling your heart yeah. is just, you kind of can't go wrong. What, what's the wildest thing you've ever tried? Like in that direction or... I don't know. I mean, you can broaden it if you need to. But yeah, generally in the sense of like care, mental health, uh, wellness. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, I've been thinking about that. I don't, I've never done like a psychic or any sort of thing like that, but I have recently started to try and figure out the idea of self-care, right? And it's yep. like, it's become like a thing. Everyone's like, self-care, self-care. But I was like, what does that actually mean? Like, what does that mean to you? And like, I've discovered... I think that self-care is helpful because it teaches me to recognize my own feelings about things. Yeah. So I know, oh, I'm waking up. I feel this way. Yeah. I know a solution to that is doing this, or I know something that makes me feel better is this, or it's probably caused by that. So that's that's something that I've just been trying to be more mindful of. One of the reasons we're doing this show is that the world is so bumpy and crazy and chaotic And I personally have been having some trouble going to sleep over the last couple of years. But I think the one really, well, not the one, there are a bunch of things, but one of the big things that is really positive about the world right now is this awareness of self-care, mental Mm -hmm. health. And suddenly, I mean, I'm 54 and you're, how old are you, 22? I'm 35. Oh, 35. All right. (laughs) Same difference. And uh, if you went back to when I was like 12 years old and told me that there would be like 
all-star players in the NBA talking about depression yeah. and anxiety. It just wouldn't. First off, I would have been like, what's anxiety? <laughs> Let's go throw a rock yeah. at a train. Yeah. <laughs> oh, many good hours of throwing rocks at trains. Talk about self-care. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much between the age of nine and 13, my entire self-care regimen was throwing things at other things. Tomatoes at cars, rocks at trains, yeah. snowballs at like Catholic school girls. <laughs> How sexual is that, by the way? There's something there. We shouldn't go into it. That's between, between you and your faith healer. I was 12. <laughs> I was 13. I clearly had some feelings I couldn't deal with. Um, uh, all right. We're going to do, we're going to take some breaths. I just said it at the beginning. Ah. Oh, that was a good breath. Can we record that breath and sell it as like kind of a stock sound? We can do it as an NFT probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think you guys know how the show works. Uh, Mr. Harry Nelson will now give me an image, an idea, a location, anything he wants to say, and we will make up a bedtime story just for you. I'm going to go with the word, and I'm curious how you'll interpret it. Plaque. Plaque. Ah, so either a plaque that extols someone or celebrates them or the weird crap on your teeth that's not good. Mm -hmm. I got to be honest with you. I'm suspicious of plaque. There's so many kind of made up consumer ailments like the whole concept of body odor, the holiday Valentine's Day. <laughs> like, there's all these things. And there's a little part of me, I know Dennis right now are just like, you irresponsible a-hole. I'm rolling back 40 years of messaging. But I'm honestly, Harry, is plaque bullshit? I don't think plaque is bullshit. No? I think my, my wonderful dentist, Dr. Shaley, would not like it if I said that plaque was bullshit. Huh. <sighs> yeah, I think it's true. I think a lot of dentist-related products, like oh, the whole, like, they put, like, charcoal and toothpaste now, which that's a huge scam. You know, there's bad stuff in certain mouthwashes that you that you don't need and that's just extra chemicals. But, yeah, black, I think it's a pretty and foundational bad thing. I think it's real, too. I think it's a holdover from when, like, mankind, we didn't live past, like, 38 Sure. Yeah. Uh, have you had Crest's new cookie dough toothpaste? No, that sounds wonderful. It's really good. Yeah. Supposedly the cookie... No, no. That's a lame <laughs> joke. All right. Plaque. Plaque. Tate had that moment in the dental chair where you've held your mouth open for three straight hours and the thought hits your head what happens if I close my mouth because Dr. Indemony was deep in Tate's mouth doing pretty serious work putting a temporary crown on one tooth fixing a cavity on the other and don't get me wrong Tate was happy that it was one session 
even though it kind of occurred to him, like maybe this should be two sessions, but man, like to have to go drive to the dentist's office four hours, another time drive to the dentist's office. Tate was good with the idea of like, put on the temporary crown, fill the cavity. But now it was three, three and a half hours in and Dr. Indemony was still just, you know, that bright dental light behind you. And then Dr. Indemony with his weird like 19th century beard and the face shield and mask. And Dr. Indemony, here's the thing. Some dentists are really wonderful. They make a point of understanding that you're uncomfortable. They try and make it as comfortable as you can. They'll talk to you. They'll offer you music. Not Dr. Indemony. Dr. Indemony was an old school dentist who kind of admonished you the whole time you're in the chair. And so all of the conversations with Dr. Indemony really boiled down to like, please keep your mouth open, open wider. You need to open wider. Please don't move your tongue. So it just, and like, look, when she was, you know, turned 19, she's like, you go see Dr. Indemony. And like the idea of switching dentists, have you ever switched dentists? Oh, tons of times, yeah. Really? Yeah. Tons of times? Well, yeah, because I have a tendency to ghost my dentists where things will get too expensive or like hurt too much and I just kind of will stop responding to them. That was sort of a a younger man's game. Now I'm stuck in with a dentist. Plus I've moved a lot. I got to tell you, Los Angeles, incredible dentist. I think there's been a lot of advances in dentistry because they're remarkable. Like it is way more comfortable. The guy I had when I was a kid was named Dr. Jarvis. Mm -hmm. And my main memory of Dr. Jarvis was he had a fish tank with like the treasure chest in it. And I was like five. And I was just like, I want that goddamn (laughs) treasure chest. And I actually bit Dr. Jarvis's finger once, and there was actual blood on his finger, which now it's been, how long ago was that? 49 years. So like Dr. Jarvis has sadly passed away, but I'm actually cool with it that I did that. You swallowed his blood. Yeah. (laughs) Every bit of it. (laughs) (laughs) So Tate had, you know, started seeing Dr. Indemony and Dr. Indemony just wasn't reading the journals, the dentistry journals, Dr. Indemony wasn't going to the conferences and catching up. He was just like, look, 1987, I'm locked in. I got my book of patients. I'm making money. And the other annoying thing about Dr. Indemony was, once again, he wouldn't really talk to the patient. He would talk to his dental hygienist, who actually was lovely, Krista, In fact, in a way, Tate really went back for Krista because Krista was funny and she definitely attracted to Krista and Krista's cool. And, you know, funny when you're in the dentist chair and like your dental hygienist leans over and has a tattoo of the human torch from the Fantastic Four on her forearm. Like, that's kind of cool. Maybe if Krista wasn't there, Tate would have switched dentists, but... The bottom line is Tate had a lot of things going on in her life. She was still kind of playing music. She had moved out of her boyfriend's place. Her student loan debt was horrific. She had gotten her master's degree in Renaissance fashion, 
which I know people like roll their eyes at liberal arts degrees, but liberal arts degrees are like incredible. They teach you how to think, view the world. But bottom line is Tate was living in Memphis and Tate was struggling financially. She owed $110,000 on her student debt. Things were just a little, little rough with Tate, even though Tate's pretty cool in general. But the annoying thing about Dr. Indemony is he would just talk to Krista the whole time about his boat. And it was like, dude, come on. Like the country, the world is screwed up. People are struggling. And he would just talk to Krista about his boat. I'll tell you, Krista, we had her out last weekend on the lake. And she just handles like a dream. And here's the great thing. I let my lady friend, also he said the term lady friend, which that's a term that hasn't made it through the early aughts. Lady friend, you don't hear that very often nowadays. But he would say lady friend every time. I let my lady friend take the wheel and I just go down in the cabin. And I swear to God, if you didn't know you were on a boat, it's like you were in a suite at the Radisson. And all right, that's lame. Whatever. Everyone's trying to like, <laughs> everyone's trying to live their life. We're all kind of lame in some way or another. But like Tate had heard this story four times, how the cabin was like the Radisson. And the third time she heard it, her mouth uh, you know, is stretched open to where it almost hurts. And you're like, can I tear something in my jaw? And she had even tried, he had even tried to say, like, stop fucking that story. And then she kind of caught herself like, but, you know, you're in that weird bubble when you're in the dentist where you're just with your mind. And she actually tried, and then Dr. Indemnity was like, what? And then she realized that's not appropriate. So she backed off. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girly? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. So she had her mouth stretched open for three and a half hours. And Dr. Indemony is telling Krista how there's nothing better than grilling swordfish on your own boat. And Krista actually shoots a look to Tate. And Tate kind of in the way back of her throat kind of laughs a little bit. <laughs> and she saw Krista kind of smile. And Dr. Indemony was like, what? And, oh, by the way, I didn't mention this, but Tate has, have you ever, Harry, have you seen those things? They're like mouth dividers that when you're doing, one time I sat in a dental chair for six and a half hours oh. and they actually will put little separators in your mouth. Yeah, I've had that before. You too, have? When I had okay. a crown done. Anyway, Dr. Indemony catches Krista sort of doing a wry smile at Tate. And he actually gets pretty annoyed. He's like, what are you laughing at? 
And she's like, I'm just laughing. Doctor, you always make me laugh. And Tate, once again, mouth forced open three and a half hours. Dr. Indemnity's like, I know you're laughing at me. I saw you look at this lady here and laugh at me. And you know what? God damn it. That's not acceptable. I'm your boss. I own this practice. And for you to laugh at me while I'm working. Meanwhile, Tate's in the chair. She can't believe it. Like, this is escalating quick. And Dr. Indemony actually turns away from Tate and is entirely focused at Krista. You don't laugh at me. You don't laugh at a boss. Do you understand this economy we're living in? And there's a weird moment where, I mean, let's face it, the last 30 years, um, and Tate's 27, she's not even over 30, but still, she grew up in this time where, like, you have a job, you keep it. And she kind of didn't put it together in her head, like, oh, things are a little bit changing. And before she knows it, Krista just says to Dr. Indemony in a very soft voice, almost like she's deferring, fuck you. And Kate and the doctor are speechless. And this, the speechlessness goes on for about seven seconds. That's long, by the way, in real life. You know, when people say Harriet went on forever, mm-hmm. and then you're like, no, it didn't. Went on for like three seconds. Like, you know, it was a news broadcast. A three-second pause is long. Sure. This really was seven seconds. Do you want to give seven seconds here so the listener will know what it's yeah, like? Yeah, I think it's important. And, and you'll see where this goes. <laughs> <laughs> It's very important. <laughs> I mean, we're just laughing because for... we have no idea where it's going. Uh, All right. 1 1,000, 2 1,000, 3 1,000, 4 1,000, 5 1,000, 6 1,000, 7 1,000. And then Dr. Indemony looks at Krista and says, Jesus, Krista, you're fired. And Krista, once again, in a sweet voice says, Thank God, you are a buffoon. And the strange thing about this, and the whole time Tate's watching it with the mouth separators, is that every word that Krista says, the tone is incredibly deferential, almost relaxing. But what she's saying, every word is a right cross. You are pathetic. You are a giant man-child. And... Dr. Indemony, the whole time I've worked with you, all me and your staff do when you're not around is laugh at you. And you're pompous, you're ridiculous. When I was a child, we used to watch this old game show hosted by this guy, Chuck Woolery. And honestly, you remind me of him, only even worse. And... I'm realizing it now that you've just said I'm fired, that this is the best feeling I've had in four years. And Dr. Indemony is kind of off foot about this because usually an employee comes at you when they've been fired or they quit or whatever. It's heated. It's like you know how to act. But every word that Krista said was so calm and almost meek And she took off her clear mask and her face mask. And she said, so 
honestly, Dr. Indemony, I've worked for you for four years, but fuck you sideways. And she walked out of the room. Now, this pause wasn't really a pause. Dr. Indemony sort of looked after Krista as she walked out of the room. He looked back at Tate. Tate wasn't even smiling or laughing. The whole thing was so surprising. And she could see in Dr. Indemony's face an entire thought process go on of, how do I say, face in front of a patient? I'm in the middle of a procedure. I need an assistant. I need a hygienist, an assistant. What do I do? Do I call out? And he looked back at Tate and he looked at the door and then he looked back at Tate again and he said, one moment, please. And he left for quite a while, leaving Tate with the mouth separators who were sold to Dr. Indemony from a gentleman by the name of uh, Jeffrey DeWine, the uh, LTK mouth separator salesman for the uh, Southwest sales territory. We're in Phoenix, by the way, in case you didn't know. I think you said we were in Memphis earlier. Ah, shit, I did. (laughs) (laughs) You know where we're in? We're in the Phoenix building in Memphis. Uh, That's what it is, which confused me. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of information I got to like sort through. So we're in the Phoenix building in Memphis And after like a minute, Dr. Indemony comes back in with another assistant, a woman Tate hadn't seen that much, uh, older, her name is uh, Craven, which honestly Tate was like, is that even a name? But it was stitched on her robe like Craven, Craven, like whatever. And so Dr. Indemony finished the procedure and cleaned, let Craven clean everything up in Tate's mouth and that weird spray gun and all that stuff and spit. And uh, Dr. Indemony said, okay, you're gonna, not going to want to eat any hard foods for the next day. Gave her all the thing. and She walked out and there's that little side station next to the lobby, but inside the offices where you give your credit card. And she was there and the receptionist, Falana gave her the credit card bill and Tate gave her card. And then Tate looked on the back side of the credit card bill and there was an address written. She recognized it immediately. It was a couple blocks away. Tate paid the bill, walked two and a half blocks down to the address. It was a place called the Windy Scupper. It's an old lame seafood restaurant that had become kind of a hipster bar. And she looked in the window and seated in the window was Krista, who gave her a little wave. And Tate walked into the restaurant. The end. I'm hopeful for these two. I feel like it's going to work out. I do too. I'm really... First off, I like Krista a lot. Like the human torch tattoo on the forearm is right away like, who are you? Mm -hmm. 
And then the way she told the doctor off, like, I kind of feel like that's a more powerful way to tell someone off. If somebody told me that everyone was laughing behind my back, I would simply retire and live on my boat for the rest of my life. By the way, I mean, Dr. Indemony at the end of that day, he was a little kind of smacked in the face. And you know what comforted him as he drove his Audi back to his house in the suburbs of Memphis? What's that? His boat. Sure. Did the boat have a name? Uh, the boat did have a name. Can you guess what the name of the boat was? Um, Sometimes I make stuff up for these stories. In this case, I actually know what the name of the boat is. So uh, let's see if you can guess. Was it the Sea Christina? Oh, my God. How did you get that? Like, how did you know that? We've been working together a while. I feel like I'm starting to get a little bit of it. Oh, he almost called it the USS Dental Floss. Sure. But he went with the C. Christina yeah. at the end. Yeah. Well, I hope you're not hearing any words that we're saying right now. I hope you're deep, deep in a REM sleep. I hope you're flowing around in the dream verse and just unwinding everything from the day. Or, or the plaque exists. I'm still suspicious of plaque. I know it's dangerous, and I apologize to the dentists out there. I really do. Spreading misinformation. Dangerous misinformation. Well, good night, Adam. Good night, Eric. Bedtime Stories with Adam McKay is a production of Hyperobject Industries and Sony Music Entertainment. It's executive produced by Adam McKay, Claire Slaughter, and me, Harry Nelson, with production assistance by Jordan Allen and Zaley Mahone. Engineering, sound design, and original score is by Isaac Lee. Adam McKay and Hyperobject Industries are not responsible for any sleep you might lose next week when we take the week off for the holidays. Even we must rest. Ding dong, ding dong, happy holidays to you all. Hyperobject. <laughs> <laughs>